Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome everybody. All right, we're talking about resentments and relationships. There's an endless cost that people pay for that. You know, couples do it all the time. They fight over who's deserving of empathy, whose experience should get to matter, whose hurt should be taken care of, you know, whose experience should be validated. So, you know, often these partners refuse to offer empathy to each other. Uh, and they and they be they feel that they do, to do so would mean admitting they're to blame, and then they give up the chance to receive empathy and validation of their own experiences. And so, if you boil it all down, you know, if if I care about how my words hurt you, then I'm admitting that I'm to blame for causing that pain. And, and you know, more important than that, the truth of why you say those words uh, are, are more accurately why you were entitled to say those words will never be validated and, or receive its own empathy. So empathy for you effectively cancels out empathy for me. And, and so, you know, as hurt and resentment accumulate in relationships, and what I'm basically trying to describe is the process, it becomes really hard to empathize with your partner's experience because you have so much unheard uncared for pain of your own. And when too uh, much unattended pain is allowed to, to uh, you know, seed between people, it can really nearly be impossible to listen, much less care about each other's experience. And you begin to be each other's own worst enemy in many ways. You treat each other worse than you treat people you would pass on the street. And so, you know, over time, the, the unhealed wounds create a relationship in which there's no space left to be heard, no place for, for some injustice or hurt from the past. And it doesn't disqualify your right to kindness and support, which just happen to be the essential components of intimacy. And, and so for that reason and a whole lot of others, resentment is, is really the most toxic of all emotions in an intimate relationship. So, so what's to be done? You know, if, if you're in a lifetime relationship and, and it hurts, uh, it hurts have built up and led to resentment and unresolved anger and pain, is there hope for empathy to regain a foothold in your relationship? You know, so true intimacy can begin to, to flourish in the relationship. So, you know, what is the way forward when it feels like there's too much uh, uh, toxic uh, emotion under your life? too much wreckage, you know, find your way back to a loving bond. And when the past is a minefield, that can present a big uh, problem, but it also can be a peaceful ground, you know. So, you know, if you ask me if it's possible, you know, I, I, if there's hope for empathy to reemerge in a relationship, even with the chains of resentment around you, you know, the answer is probably and it really takes, you know, marriage is like the humblest place in the world. Uh, you get to see all of each other's flaws, and it's so easy to point them all out. And, and so if, if you want that sense of empathy 
uh, you know, if, if if there's ways to try to rebuild it back and develop a bond in the relationship, yeah, absolutely, this can happen. And and yeah, the the, the only way back uh, and the only way you know is is to take a chance, and that means take a leap of faith. But that means you have to change. You, not your partner, but you have to change, and it won't go away by itself. Resentment is like cancer. It, it, it grows roots, it metastasizes, and eventually it takes an impossibly uh, um, uh, problem to get rid of in a relationship because it still hangs around in, in lighter ways even when you've learned to forgive each other. So what do you do? Well, you know, uh, set an intention to recreate empathy in your relationship because it helps to start with a conscious decision and, 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 and then perhaps both of you want to deepen the intimacy or trust, perhaps just ease the resentment. So the intention can be different for both of you, but what's important is that there is an agreed upon desire and a willingness to bring attention to the issue. And sometimes one partner is not willing to do that, and, uh, and because of that resentment that's in them, and even if that's the case, you have your own intention. It's, it may not be your own idea, but you can still get positive results by uh, bringing that forward in yourself rather than forcing your partner to change. So, you know, once an intention has been named, make it a deal to officially press the restart button on the relationship. You know, you can ritualize and celebrate the relationship. Um, perhaps it could be a new anniversary date. You know, the day you committed to begin again without this poison inside the relationship, it's important that you mark the restart date to, so you have some tangible way to, to make it real and sacred. You know, a restart date means that it is as a certain day or time, you're beginning again so that when you express your feelings to the partner, those feelings matter simply because they exist. And they can and and cannot be invalidated because something that just happened in the past. So pressing that restart buttons means you you get a new point zero, in which you can measure yourself. And now you become a little bit more innocent and entitled to kindness and support, and you have a clean slate. You know that's one one way, but it has to be agreed upon by both people. You know you, you can open up a brand new uh, uh, remeet. You know, by creating more loving relationship and take care of each other. You know, along with this, beginning in a new way of communicating with each other has to take place. And that, you know, uh, taking turns away. Ta- taking turns means when one partner brings uh, upset or anything difficult or, or less than positive to the other, they're heard and understood fully without a rebuttal. So that means we just validate. Okay, I understand. You're upset because of this. Okay, you think of this of me. I get it. Okay, that's it. You don't have to to, to do some rebuttal. You don't have to to right the wrong. You just leave it because a lot in relationships of our communication is venting. And and venting is, is very important because we say things to our partner that we can't say to people out in, in public simply because they're the closest person to us. The problem is, is that many partners are terrible listeners. They don't understand that all they have to do is validate. They don't have to solve the problem. And it's very simple. I understand. I hear what you're saying. Okay, what you're telling me is this. So uh, if, if people take themselves way too serious 
uh, in arguments, and then they start one-upping each other and hurting each other and hurting each other and digging from the far back crypts of their life of every mistake they ever made in the relationship and maybe not in the relationship, but before the relationship. And so it's, it's really sad, but people get defensive. And the problem is there is no room for defensiveness in a marriage. There's no room for it. It's, it's every argument you ever have is to make the relationship better. Every quarrel that you have, once again, is to make the relationship better. It's not to hurt each other. You know, I'm not saying, you know, impose, you know, uh, uh, a lot of, of, of just validating and never uh, communicating. But the sense is, is that if your partner doesn't call for a response, you don't need to give it to them. But it is your responsibility to listen. And listening is validation, meaning that I took the information in. It doesn't have to be repeated. I understand. Okay, I got it. I hear what you're not, I'm not, I'm not saying doing that sarcastically. I'm saying doing it in a very real way. You know, resentment is poison. You know, it kills off the best part of the relationship, which is intimacy uh, and also empathy. And so the most best part of a relationship, is, is anyone would say, is a giving and receiving of empathy and to feel it coming in and going out. That means your life is significant to someone else. And sadly, the person that you want your life to be the most significant to is the one you're hurting with resentment. And so the process of trying to change this is is like gardening. Basically, you're you're trying to 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 take weeds out, and you're trying to plant beautiful flowers. And that's really what you want. You want to walk by your garden and go, ah, oh, that's nice. That's great. You want to feel that way about your relationship. And so there's some signs that you have resentment. Um, at first, you feel angry that you're not being treated fairly. Well, you know, fair is a place where they judge pigs. You know, uh, you, not everybody's going to be fair to each other. That's just life. And, and for us to expect that is unreasonable and depressing. But over time, that anger slow, uh, snowballs into disappointment and then bitterness holds in and then hard feelings. And so, you know, you, you, resentment can't be thought of as, as, as a failure in problem solving, but it's really a battle for empathy. It's just a battle for empathy, meaning I care. Doesn't mean I know what you're feeling, but it means I understand that you're hurting. You know, we try to solve each other's problems and we try to get in each other's heads. And that's the lazy way to, to go through it, guys. You got to take uh, a, a conflict and hit it straight on. You know, it's hard to address things that, that, uh, that when you don't understand each other, but when you don't think the other person understands or appreciates you, you get into a big battle of who's right and who's wrong, and the egos get in the way, and when everyone's in battle mode, it's hard to acknowledge each other's humanity, and you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of problems that spark the fires of resentment, and one of the biggest ones is always having to be right. You know, when someone insists that they're right all the time, it, it comes across as arrogant. And it means that whatever you have to say is not valid. But if, you know, defend your right to do things your own way. Speak up quickly. Don't let the feelings fester. You know, the longer you wait, the more resentment is, is likely to build and explode in an argument over something really stupid or insignificant. You know, 
taking advantage of others is another sign. You know, if you think someone is being selfish, uh, first try stepping up into their shoes. Ask yourself, why are they so intent on getting their own needs met? You know, some people weren't weren't uh, taught etiquette, you know, and, and uh, others had childhood trauma that made them focus on survival of their own needs. But it's nice to be gentle and tell the person how their behavior makes you feel. And you use I statements. I statements, not you make me feel, but I. You choose how to react to people. You choose to be responsible for your own emotions. Nobody makes you feel anything. And if that doesn't work, then tell the person no confidently with conviction. Um, you know, and, and another sign, it's a big one, is, is feeling put down. You know, these thoughtless remarks and, and taunts, you know, that means that person knows your triggers and they're using them. Some people trigger our anger without even knowing it because they've tripped on a theme of something from the past that made us angry. And now we get back into that, that mode of anger, you know, but you really want to consider the person's intention. And, and that's the most important thing. Their intention. If you keep hammering on bad things that happen and never ask a what or how question, how did you decide to say this to me? What makes you think that I'm this, this, this? You know, those kind of questions, you're examining the process that led to the outcome you don't like instead of beating on the outcome that you don't like. You know, don't ignore the messenger. If you feel repeatedly discounted by a friend, this may be a sign that they're not a good person to have in your life. And that means they play a lesser role. And that goes for relatives. That goes for mom and dad when you're an adult. That goes for brothers and sisters. That goes for cousins. That goes for everybody. Because some people are toxic in your life and you didn't choose to have them in your life. But now that you can choose to have who you have in your life, you need to pick healthy people. And, and that means sometimes people that we love or have loved in the past and uh, we have to let them go or play a diminished role in your life. You know, there's also these unrealistic expectations. You know, considering other people's nature and habits with clear eyes can spare you an emotional turmoil. You know, let's say you expect somebody to buy you a romantic gift and they don't. If, if it's not their personality to do that, you've probably set yourself up with an expectation that's unrealistic. So try adjusting your in, in expectations and, and turn them into preferences. You know, I prefer you would have bought me this on our anniversary, but you didn't. Instead of I expected this and you didn't do it and then you hold the resentment to that partner because that need never got met. And now we build and build and build on all the times that you didn't meet my needs. But the biggest part of going to rage and people that go to rage and rage is tied to resentment is not being heard. You know, listening is respect. And when we are not heard, we are disrespected. That is the root to anger. The other root is fear, fear. But, you know, you're displaying both by having a conflict where neither is hearing each other. You know, if, if your partner seems like they're miles away when you're talking, don't take it personally. You know, listening is incredibly difficult, but expect that you'll have to repeat your message. You know, send a text or a voicemail or something to recap what you were saying. You know, not all of us are able to focus all of the time. But the deal is, 
we need to say, when can you hear me? Because I need you to hear this. That's a very important thing for you to say. If you're saying something that's important and you don't want to repeat it and you don't want to forget it, then what's important is you set a time where you're going to require them to listen to you and to validate you. You know, another way uh, of people that have resentments is they're always late. And you may feel that because someone is never on time. They don't care about you. But it, it, it's, it's, it's tempting to show up late, but that only adds fuel. And so, you know, point out how your lateness makes you feel and what you need. And then put limits on it. Tell the other person how long you'll wait and have a backup plan in case they're late again. And, and you know, change the thinking. Try to view the other person's lateness as a reflection on them and not on you. But always make a conscious attempt to raise that up, that, that, that you you are beginning to take it personal. There's something going on that you're always running late. And it's making my life more difficult because I care about commitments and I try to make it on time as much as I can. You know, you can decide not to be emotionally injured if someone else chooses to be late. But if it's your partner, it's a real good idea to make it known that that's not something that you want in your life and that you're going to choose to do something else if they're not going to be there on time, you know, give them a little bit of time, give them, let them know what that time is, and then leave it at that. You know, you have to ask yourself, should I leave the relationship or not? You know, what should you do when resentment is there and it won't go away? But there's no question that you should, you know, sever ties if you're being abused. But the lines are, are less clear when resentment has been building for lesser concerns. And so in practicing empathy, acceptance, forgiveness, reduce resentment. And when you're going, what or how did you decide to do this? You're looking for forgiveness. You're not looking for resentment. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit more about why people have resentment. We're going to get into some statistics on relationships. And then we're going to talk about how it affects our health. Come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Listen for Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. Her show topics cover creating lasting transformation in challenging environments and how creating change can have an impact on the success of individuals from a mind, body, and spirit perspective. It's going to be inspiring and uplifting each week. So tune in on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and also listen on the Voice America Business and Influencers Channels. Transformation takes one step at a time. It's time. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment.
You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about resentments in relationships. There's an endless cost that's paid in a relationship. You know, marriage in itself uh, can be the loneliest place on the universe when it's not working. And resentments is usually the main ingredient that create that poison between people. You know, when I talk about empathy, it's really good to understand it. So let me give you a visual about empathy. Empathy is like if someone jumps off the cliff, instead of jumping off with them, you stay at the top and you say, hey, uh, I'll throw you a rope or I'll go get, you know, an ambulance. What do you need from me? Basically, you're not owning their problem, but you're owning your response to their problem, which is to, to give them a better place to come to. And and meaning you're gonna you're gonna help them, and so that's what empathy is all about. Now sympathy is the worst possible thing you could do, which is to jump off the cliff with them and then argue with each other that you broke both of your legs, and so that just creates misery. And a lot of people do sympathy instead of empathy because they think they're supposed to do something about it, and you're not. You're supposed to do something different about it that's healthier than your partner. You know, it's it's really possible to learn to be more, more empathetic, you know, and, and to let go of problem behaviors, but you have to be willing to change. You know, therapists can help you accept the discomfort associated with change and offer you ways uh, that you may not have considered uh, perspective uh, you may not have seen. I mean, I think it's really pretty amazing doing therapy It's and you see a couple with resentments. And then what I do is I start empathizing with them and talking to the good in them and telling, you know, you're good people. You're good, kind people. What in the world makes you want to behave like this to each other? And, 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 and then I begin addressing them as a loving partner would address them. And, and both the male and the female, if it's a male, female, whatever, male, 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 woman, <laughs> these days it's everything. But, but so the deal is, is by talking to them how they should be talking to each other, all of a sudden there's this calmness and this sense of possibility and, you know, either pride sets in and they walk away and don't do anything about it or they decide they, they want to they, they want to commit to changing and then they start to practice after. And that practicing like crazy makes them grow as people and grow together. And you can become really skilled at, at quickly getting to the root of a relationship problem before anger and misery and bitterness creeps in. Once you address this issue that you're having this resentment, don't go back to it. Consider it learning moment to use for the future, but don't look backward. You're not going that way anymore. And if you do, you keep on walking in the healthy direction. You know, why do people do this? Well, it's about 67% of couples become very unhappy during the first three years of their child's life. And that's from Gottman. And, and he identifies several reasons. 
the frequency of intensity of the relationship conflicts increases, fatigue. It's impossible to have an emotional connection. Uh, the, the baby does not emotionally retreat from being unhappy. And both parents work a lot harder after the birth of their child and they feel underappreciated and then resentment. And, and it's called inverse of, of appreciation. And appreciation is, is basically recognition and enjoyment of good qualities in someone. And, and by that means the first three years, that, that all that conflict that goes on is a lot to do with the fact that there's a lack of empathy or appreciation for each other. You know, but if you begin to appreciate your partner, that means you start seeing the good in them and thanking them for the things that they do. You know, it, it's it's the lack of, of appreciation, the lack of empathy is what creates resentments and resentment acts as a relationship tax forcefully injecting itself into every part of your marriage, your money, in-laws, chores, vacations, parenting philosophies. And, and if, it's, if it's not checked and if it's not kept in a box, it really becomes pretty nasty. And, and uh, you know, it's very hard to change it once you go in that direction. What's more difficult is being the primary breadwinner or caretaker. Appreciation and resentment paradox is usually uh, carried by that person. Uh, they feel that they're more entitled to those things, to appreciation and uh, and and uh, empathy. And so what they do is they develop a huge resentment and it's like that they're not being recognized for being the breadwinner and they think they have it harder than everybody else when possibly the other partners at home spending hours and hours of no time to themselves uh, trying to raise children. And that can be a very, very difficult job. I will tell you, I personally... Uh, could not do that like like my wife does. I can't do it. Um, you know, I, I I have too many irons in the fire, and it's kind of crazy because uh, I, I mean I love you know I love my son, but you know I'm not as good of a parent and a nurturer as she is, and and I so appreciate the fact that she's doing that and has done that. You know, but not being a primary caretaker is really hard because there's this physical issue, which is pregnancy, labor, soreness, emotional, the postpartum, you know, uh, uh, societal, trying to find, you know, uh, uh, trying to find <laughs> your body back, trying to get your body back and, and feeling ashamed that your body is not in the condition it once was. And then there's fatigue, uh, especially if you're going to breastfeed and then the all nighters and the sleep training that you have to go through. There's the loss of freedom. Um, and then there's the emotion, uh, the emotional labor involved in all the work because you may not be in the mood to do it, but you have a baby that has their needs are, are primarily met by you. And so that can be a really powerful thing for people. You know, uh, it, it's, it, if you compare between a caregiver and a breadwinner, you know, which is hard, that part is is really something that you have to take on. You know, you have to be, you really need to recognize that, hey, hey, I've got to take accountability 
for my stuff and you take accountability for your stuff. But the fact is we have to recognize each other that this has been a hard job, that we have a hard time. And that's called empathy. And then there's got to be the compliments and the appreciation. And some people are terrible at this. But quite frankly, if you want to have a miserable life, then don't ever do it. You know, you know, break, you know, break through, you know, it may be hard, but break through. Don't don't be lazy. You know, marriage is work and, and relationships are at work. And I know that sounds crazy, but if you ask most people, the biggest thing that they don't want to have in their life is to not have anyone and to die alone. That's a huge fear for people, you know. It's, you, you need to develop and you need to sit down and go, where, what am I resenting? And you need to sit down with your partner and develop a dialogue of what you're having problems with and you're carrying around. Because by doing that, now we're stepping towards a remedy. But it has to be a very serious conversation, meaning that um, you don't want to get off topic. You do want to resolve. You you do want to create a plan, and if you need to do it with a therapist, that's fine too. But the deal, the deal is, is that we don't have to blame each other. This kind of a conversation can't be a blame game. It has to be a sense of connecting, connecting with your partner, and really taking on the problems in the relationship. And, and so you, you want to get out of that tape of just doing the same thing every single day and treating each other with that resentment. And sometimes it may seem like there's not resentment, but we know there is because there's battlegrounds. A lot of times it's sex. Um, a lot of times it's chores. A lot of times it's listening. Uh, and, and, and that can just go on and on and on and on in people. If you watch couples that do the silent treatment, the silent treatment is a very strong ingredient to tell you there's major, major resentments in this relationship. The silent treatment, if that's something that's consistently happening, that means that you've gone in a total opposite direction of what you signed up for in a relationship. So that, that silent treatment is a huge red flag to tell you you've got major resentments and you need to write them down and you need to figure them all out. And you need to put it on the table and you need to begin to communicate like a mature adult, not with your verbosity and not with your tone and not with your body language. But you need to have a very serious adult conversation to try to resolve the resentments because you don't want to carry them anymore. You know, there's there's a you know, when partners aren't aren't nice to each other, you know, it's one thing to not be fair which there, most people aren't. Most people will have, carry a bigger portion of a relationship than the other person in some regards, and then the other person carries the bulk of a relationship in another direction. Well, that's not fair, but that's life. It's, it's just the way it is, and, and people fight that, and, and they resent their partner because they feel like they're not equally yoked. And it's very important to understand that in a relationship, sometimes we have to step up and lead. And uh, people that don't like to lead um, may have a problem. Uh, they have a big problem. They don't know how to be married. Um, and you need to learn that that's a part of life. And, and so, you know, we don't resent each other when we don't give to each other, but we certainly communicate about what we'd like to see in our partner. You know, I prefer 
I'd prefer to come home and the dishes were done. Um, you know, I'd prefer to to uh, just go to the grocery once a week and not every single day. You know, I so, silly stuff, but I, I'm bringing up. But I'm just trying to say, communicate before it builds into a volcano. You know, resentment compounds just like interest. You know, it's hard to pinpoint when when you know resentment is planted. You know, having the kids is an obvious marker. Uh, um, you know, truly think, you know, when you have kids, you've got to partner. You've got to partner with each other. You can't just leave everything to one or the other. You know, no, both of you have it harder. And and you need to take accountability that you brought somebody into the world. But that, that sometimes the kids and then that long period of work where you're having to partner with your partner that place is a place where you really, really need to understand that a lot of resentments form. You know, um, it, it's this resentment is a manifestation of your insecurities also. So that's the scarcity mindset, which turns so much of life into an ongoing struggle. And everything is a struggle and everything is a victim theme. And we always want the appreciation and we always want to get the empathy, but it's not always available to us. But And then we expect our partner to get it. You have to ask for it sometimes. Yes, marriage is humble. It is humble, humble, humble pie. And you need to take a slice of it every single day and understand that you, your emotions and what you feel is also important. It shouldn't lead your life. Feelings should be the fuel to make you do the things that you think about. But the deal is, is that you want, if you're going to live your life through resentments, that means you're going to live life in a depression. And that means you're going to live life with your emotions. And your emotions come first. And then you as a person come last. And that can be very sad because, you know, we have to, as people, we have to take accountability for our emotions, but we use emotions. We pick emotions that get us to accomplish things. And that's what's so important for us to do as human beings is to pick an emotion that will motivate us to do something hard, to do something we've thought about, to do something that we want to do. But you've got to use it. If it's anger or whatever, use that emotion to propel you to do something good. You know, your life is not all about you. It's about what you give to other people and how you give to other people and how your spirit and your talents and your being touch other people. That is so important for us to remember. If you're depressed, get outside of yourself and do something good for the one you love. Help them. And that will make your heart grow. Very, very important. You know, until you make the unconscious conscious, and this is Carl Jung, you will direct your life and you will call it fate. So it's much easier to see reoccurring behaviors if you can identify them with a name. And understanding maybe like a date night is a night for appreciation and not ugliness. You know, it's, it's a safe place. It's a place where we're setting the stage to do nice things. There's also this thing called passive-aggressive. And that means that a person hears a theme that I'm never appreciated, I'm never appreciated, and every time they just keep collecting and collecting and collecting a resentment towards the fact that they're not being appreciated, let's say. And then one time when they're not appreciated, all of that accumulated rage comes out 
and they absolutely look crazy. And what they're really trying to tell the other person is, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to make it so ugly that you'll never, ever challenge me again or bring this up to me again, period. And, and so that's what passive aggressive people do, but they never get anything accomplished because they're not being heard because they look and sound so crazy and so victim oriented and so self-centered and so childish that their partner has a hard time resonating with them. But the deal is, if you're a partner with a person who's passive aggressive, you just need to validate, validate. Oh, this must be a bigger hurt. Oh, I didn't know that I that doing this is what makes you feel that you're holding it in so much. Let them be free of it and help them feel respected. And then you may not get that fear factor where they have to store everything up because they hate conflict so bad that they won't do it. And that that can be really pretty pretty tough. You know, don't go to sleep mad. Is, is that's a really important thing that people do. They, they'll hold resentments and they go to sleep mad. And then after the fight, they have another fight and it just keeps going and going and going. And basically, the type of fights that people that have resentment is they, they communicate from parent to child. You did blah, 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 blah. Well, you did this to me, blah, blah, blah. And they're talking to the child. And the person's basically saying, how dare do you talk to me like a child? And so they they keep punching each other back and never hearing each other. And then it spirals into outer space. And then they do it again and do it again. Some people do it through, through their entire marriage that they never, ever hear each other. You know, it's more important. Some of the best things you could do is give a lot of attaboys and attagirls. You know, I appreciate you. And the more you do that, the more you will take the barriers down and begin to unload the resentments and begin to have that safe conversation about the areas that have hurt your relationship. All right, we're going to take another break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about signs and how the battlegrounds go in relationships. So come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Do you wish you could avoid having difficult conversations with your kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe? Do you struggle with what and how much to say? You're not alone. Tune into Holistic Sex Ed Radio with host Robin LaCrosse for a fresh new perspective on sex education that goes beyond the birds and the bees. We gather together every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for conversations designed to improve your relationships, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. 
If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about resentments and relationships and the endless costs that people pay because they're so stubborn and self-righteous that they won't get down to the humble business of trying to make their life better and their partner's life better. Uh, Some people just live in absolute misery, and it's a silent, civil type of misery where they just accept the fact that something is never going to happen. And the fact is, is that they have to change before their partner changes. You know, it might seem straightforward, you know, uh, you know, you might have a resentment like I'm always having to take out the trash or something silly like that. But resenting somebody isn't as simply as like disliking them or finding them annoying. It's actually uh, the, uh, the feeling is usually related to the repetition of painful patterns related to unaddressed issues. You know, that may sound really complex, but it's a relatively simple concept once you unpack it. And you should take the time to unpack it because the truth is that resenting your partner, even if you don't realize you're doing it, isn't great for your love life. And, and there is a bright side. Your relationship isn't doomed if you realize that you've been feeling resentful, resentful and you can notice and resolve the resentment. It isn't just about the specific details of your own day-to-day life, though. It's often related to gender roles and embedded inequality. You know, uh, uh, there was a study in 2013 that found that uh, heterosexual men sometimes feel subconsciously distressed and feel resentment when their female partners succeed. And even if they consciously believe that they're cool with it, the researchers involved thought that the distress likely came from societal programming about men's roles and families and relationships, even if the men themselves were deeply feminist. And while women are becoming less likely to bear the burden of sacrifices for a relationship or work-life balance entirely on their own, there's another study in 2015 that found that cultural expectations about women, housework, and childcare are definitely still vital forces that may create serious resentment issues, as well as discovered couples can develop resentments about virtually anything. You know, how do you know? How do you know that you're resenting? And, you know, if you, or if you aren't. And, you know, poking a voodoo doll uh, with, their, with their name on it every night, that may be an indication that uh, there's a resentment. I remember in third grade, a girl did that to me. <laughs> she was sitting in the back of the class with a needle <laughs> poking a, a voodoo doll with uh, a, a head clipping of my hair, I believe. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I just remembered it. <laughs> um You know, the big indicator that you're resenting is you dwell on how they've upset you. You know, it it refers to this mental process of of repetitively replaying a feeling and the events that led up to it and, and, and 
that really goads us and angers us. So we don't replay a cool litany of facts and resentment. We're, we're experiencing and reliving them in ways that affect us emotionally, physiologically, spiritually, and in very destructive ways. So if we keep reiterating anger, that, that pattern, it, it, it develops resentment. And a constant return to annoying, upsetting memories is most distinctive sign that it's present in your feelings toward your partner. And that's sad because a lot of people will hold resentments for years and just keep throwing the same thing that they've reiterated in their mind and they've ruminated over. And they keep looking at one event and defining their partner by that event rather than forgiving them or looking for forgiveness. You know, it's, it's, it's often tied to regret also, resentment is, and the sensation of anger or misery in response to a belief that something crucial has to be done. But if your regrets are related to decisions you made as, as regards to your relationship, you know, it's likely that to be the center of your resentment. You know, why didn't I take that job? It's your fault that I didn't take that job. You know, you're no, and the deal is, is it's nobody's fault that you didn't take the job. It's your choice not to take the job. You know, uh, we have free will. Your conversations have a loaded edge, and that's another sign. If your conversations have that edge, um, you know, the resentment tends to, to fit well with what's called an avoidance uh, conflict resolution style. So the conflict revolution resolution styles are a way of describing different ways in which people try to solve fights, whether it's with their workmates or their partners. You know, there's several styles, but conflict resolution, uh, there's a competition, collaboration, and, and accommodation, and then there's avoidance. So people who use that last style tend to be passive, uh, unwillingly to conflict, and often a deflect or try to escape dealing with this, the, the, the issue. And if that sounds like you, uh, your relationship is probably uh, pretty full of resentments. You know, if, if you're in a relationship where you both try to avoid conflict as much as possible, uh, your normal conversations shouldn't uh, induce anger, but they might show off your resentment anyway, that you can go from a nice conversation into a horrible resentment. And, and, and it just it's so gross. It's like being bipolar. I mean, it just goes from normal to crazy. You know, you can't seem to, to shift. If, if you're having uh, resentment, you can't seem to shift the pattern. So guilt and, and resentment are often two halves of the same problem. You know, say, for example, uh, a partner earns more than the other and, and leave, leaving the lower earning uh, one feeling resentful and higher earning one feeling guilty. And so this is basically uh, guilt and resentment operating. And it's not just about it's, uh, romantic relationships. It's also common among people caring for relatives or taking on the burden of child care. You know, it, it's, it's, it, there's a phenomenon about it. The guilt and resentment pairing can become very entrenched in relationships. And so, you know, it's important that as the, 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 the reliable partner, let's say the earner, they're increasing and the unreliable partners uh, has feelings of guilt. It's a real nasty cycle and it can lead you to feel like you're having some kind of arguments over and over again. Now, I often say this, but it's important to understand you can love someone and not trust them. When you trust someone love grows and grows and grows. 
And so in a relationship, you always work on your trust issues, and that can be emotional trust. Some people may not feel that they can trust their partner emotionally, and that's sad. You want to trust your partner emotionally, but you have to work towards the goal of achieving that, and that means empathy and appreciation for each other, and that means you are going to have to show what you want to happen to you. You know, how do you get past this? How do you get past it? If you don't feel heard and you develop that sense of rage, how do you get past it? Well, communication. It's the biggest thing. Having the boldness to understand that if you're in a relationship, you're willing to do conflict. And you have to do conflict to problem solve in order for both of you to be happier in the relationship. That is the goal of all arguments. That is the goal in a relationship, is to make our relationship better. Now, if you know you're trying to make your relationship better, how are you going to argue? Well, you're going to argue probably a little bit more fair. You're probably going to do a little bit better job listening. You're probably going to have a little bit more empathy. And you're probably going to have a little bit more appreciation and understanding of who your partner is. Sadly, resentments develop a label And we treat our partner as a label. You're the jerk that won't, that shows up late all the time. You know, you're the, you're the person that I can never count on to do what they say they're going to do. You know, if you're going to work your issues in marriage, you have to put down what are our trust issues and how can we resolve them? And that means we have to start to take them serious because this trust is the binder of the book. And if, if you take the binder off, the pages float away. And so you don't work on love in a relationship. You work on trust in a relationship. And resentment is carried from places in your marriage or in your relationship where you don't trust your partner. And it just keeps magnifying and the resentment just keeps growing every time they hit that theme of never taking out the garbage or never doing the dishes or never assisting you with this, that, the other. I mean, we really, really need to take that very serious and understand that if, if your sex life goes away, um, that's, a, that's a strong indication that uh, there's a resentment between you and your partner. And what a miserable life that would be. You know, you don't want to live that way. You know, these places are battlegrounds, and you have to take them very, very serious. You know, we—it's if we look at our partner as wrong, as we look at their actions and their words and even their beliefs about something as bad, if they blow off steam on us and call us a name or do something stupid and we hold resentment because we take it personal because they hit our insecurity, we, we need to understand they're just having a bad day or they don't feel heard, they wouldn't be raising their voice if they didn't feel like they weren't being heard. And so the deal is you want to sit back and understand that in a conversation, the most powerful person is the listener. It's not the person speaking. It's the listener. And the more you pay attention, the more powerful you become. And so if you want to be a powerful person in your relationship, Work on your listening skills, work on your validation, and work on empathy, and work on appreciation. And that is a magnetic feature, and that draws people in, and that heals enormous hurts. 
And, and you can do that. And if you make a conscious effort to do that, you're making an investment in your life that is far beyond what you put in for your paycheck every week in your 401k. Not that everybody does that. Um, but, you know, resentment can even uh, be due to a regret that you have uh, – you basically attribute to your partner. You know, you may move to a new city and uh, – and, uh, now you all of a sudden you go from a big beautiful house to a little dinky place and you may resent your partner for taking that job and now you have no infrastructure, no personal life, no support and maybe you have children and maybe you're miserable and maybe this reminds you of a time in your life when you were miserable and now your partner is carrying the resentment not only for the situation but they're carrying the resentment from that pocket in life where you felt that way. And so, you know, often resentment comes down to a lack of balance, uh, both practical and emotional. And emotional fairness, emotional balance is not going to happen with no communication. So that needs to be safe communication, needs to be caring communication. And if you're able to come through with that, you, oftentimes things will balance themselves out. But you've got to invest and you've got to once again be humble enough to understand that your partner may say things that hurt you, but you don't want to be defensive. You just want to be reflective. You don't have to agree with them, but that's just validate. Just validate. You know, it, it's a distinct emotion to anger, and it often manifests itself as anger in your action and your treatment towards your partner. So when you perceive unfairness or believe that your partner has acted in a way that you think is not satisfying, you begin to lash out at them. Unfortunately, we're not getting anything done by lashing out, but just being childish and talking to our partner as if they're a child and, and we're the adult. And that's not sexy. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, some partners turn in and likely resent you for it. Then they, uh, they no doubt see things differently and your attack on them is a reason for them to feel unfairly treated and they hide in their battleground and then they start doing tit for tat in different places that they know are important to you. So they start hitting you in the places they feel are very, very important to you and they hurt you that way. And that hurt doesn't go away instantly because now we don't trust each other. Now we resent each other, and now we're going to treat each other as the worst person in the world. So when we come home, we're not home. We're in a battleground, and that's not home. You know, ask yourself whether your expectations of your partner are realistic. Nobody is perfect. Not your partner, not you. Certainly, there is no such thing as a perfect boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, or wife. But you may want them to be everything you've ever hoped and dreamed of. But they're only human. And, and if you're just going to reflect back on your honeymoon phase and say, why don't you love me the way you did then? You know, you used to do this. Honeymoon phase is meant to get people together. So you got to understand there's, there's a, a chemistry involved there in our human nature so that we will procreate. And that's the honeymoon phase. All right, that's our show. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. You know, I, I would love to hear from you. You can do that through our webpage on voiceamerica.com, the empowerment channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now remember, never ask a woman if she's on her period in the middle of an argument. Also remember, don't half-ass anything, anything in a relationship. Always use your full ass. And also, if a wife is going to tell her, her husband what to do and expects results, 
She better be naked. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. We'll be right back.